Tune in to The Manifesto, hosted by Emily Wheaton, Logan Cook, and Logan Bishop. The Political Science Society's new radio cast. Catch us on local 107.3 FM and wherever you find podcasts. Hi, my name's Logan, and today on The Manifesto, my guest is Donna Reed and the Mayor St. John. Hi, Donna. Hi, Logan. So, I interviewed you a few weeks back, but a lot has happened in St. John in those few weeks. The big one was yesterday the province announced a new K-8 to school in the South End. They said it'll be placed at Rainbow Park and just... St. John has had a new school, I don't know how long. What are your thoughts and the city's thoughts on having a brand new school on the peninsula? Listen, we think it's tremendous. So we've been waiting for site selection uh, for some time. I was on a committee uh, that had been put together with some residents, et cetera. Uh, Gary Lawson was uh, leading that, and we looked at the, all of the different sites, including a re-scrap of land on the Southern Peninsula, as well as the schools, the two schools that would be um, that would become uh, amalgamated, so mm-hmm. Prince Charles and St. John the Baptist, King Edward. And uh, that was our recommendation for a couple of reasons. Uh, this was a tough one in a lot of ways because most of the specs for building schools, I would assume today, would be to build a suburban school where there is a lot of land available. Uh-huh. And so the specs will often say you require X number of acres of land for a school. It needs to have a green space. It needs to have this, whatever. But if you're building inner city, you really don't have the luxury of of all of that extra space so you have to think outside the box on this and maybe the green space that you require is on your roof or whatever but that piece of property um, and it goes from Broad Street which runs uh, east and west up to St. James Street Mm -hmm. east and west and then Sydney Street north-south to Charlotte, north-south, that whole block. The city owns about 75% of that block. But along the strip along that faces, the whole strip that faces, that goes from east to west along St. James Street, is all different PIDs and people own the the infrastructure along there. So that was, uh, that needed to be, that land needed to be assembled before they could announce the site because that wouldn't make sense to do it the other way around. So we were thrilled that the province decided that that would be a good site uh, at the Broad Street uh, and uh, side of it. There is a playground there that's been there. There's an older component, a newer component, which has a splash pad mm-hmm. uh, and some newer equipment. And then a few years ago, Canadian Tire's Jumpstart program put uh, almost a million dollars in invested in that playground as well. So the playground structure infrastructure is already there, and it just makes sense to share it with you know with the province. Want to build another playground? That doesn't make sense. So, so it's, I I think it's an excellent location, and it's uh, that whole area down there is all residential. So it's you know right in the in the, the, a nice neighborhood. Uh, a school is always a catalyst for growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, from an economic point of view and from the city's point of view from that perspective it's great you know the uh, the fact that it's in a, a neighborhood where the school is older when we look even up at Prince Charles that school is on Union Street which is a commercial corridor mm-hmm. and it's like five lanes of tra- traffic up there so it's not the easiest to navigate for five-year-olds going to kindergarten um, St. John the Baptist half of that school is owned by the diocese the Catholic diocese uh, in the city, and the other half of it, the King Edward half, is owned by the province. So, um, 
you know, and then if you were going to put it on either one of those two sites, if you decided on that, what would you do with the students for the years that, you know, you're taking it down uh-huh. and putting it up? So this was, I think, a very small move. Speaking of schools, I see that the province has announced funding to replace uh, Hayes and White St. Francis in Centennial here in the North End. What are the city's thoughts on another new school potentially coming this decade? That's, that was very surprising news. I was thrilled to hear that. Uh, that school is also, over in the North End, it will be adjacent to, uh, you know, a couple of uh, neighborhoods where there is some poverty over mm-hmm. there, as well as, you know, uh, there's lots of Milledgeville where there is the, uh, you know, it's certainly not poverty over there. So it's creating the mixed neighborhood, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's fantastic. And uh, like I said, a new school today, also inner city which is great and uh, so that's that was a surprise and that's really good so i noticed though in the uh, in the budget they've got money for the design phase so i guess with the one in the south end there uh, the plan is i think to release the rfp for the design services sometime in february and then uh, hopefully design will begin that will be awarded by sometime in april mm-hmm. or may and then they'll uh, by the end of the year They'll uh, uh, they'll release the uh, construction tender sometime in January, uh, December, I think, of 23. And then the tender will hopefully be awarded sometime in the spring of 24. And then uh, construction will begin uh, right after that, and that would give them spring of 24, spring of 25, spring of 26, maybe the two years, 18 to 24 months mm-hmm. to, to finish it up so that they can put students in there in 26. Now, that's all, you know, up in the air to a certain extent because of the logistics crisis right now and trying to get the materials that you need as well as labor. So uh, hopefully that's all going to work out to those dates. I I understand that the uh, the new school in the South, then they've been talking about it, building it since 2017. It's It's been five years, and they're not expecting it to be complete until 2026. That does seem like a really long time to build and design a new school i don't disagree but i think at the stage we are at now i don't feel like the date can be accelerated now because Uh by the time you put out you know an rfp and you get it back and you award it you know in april of 23 and you have to give them time to come up with the design because we want like a learning commons down there which would have uh, space for wraparound services support services Mm -hmm. uh, as well in the school so we need to make sure that we have you know, all of that from April or May right through into the fall. And then by hopefully by the end of the year, we'll put a construction tender. And, uh, you know, by the time we get that back, I don't know what that would be. A few months anyway to put that together because that's, you know, it's an extensive project. Award it in 24. Can you build it any quicker than 18 to 24 months? Probably not. On the other end, uh, where we've been from 17 until now has taken more time probably than uh, we preferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we put in the, um, we did a, the, the team did a, uh, had Ernst & Young do a business case for it. We pre- presented it to the District Education Council. It got presented to the province. You know, the District Education Council adopted it as its number one uh, priority. Uh, so we just went along from there. We did site selection, but then it's taken the uh, DTI probably a couple of years to come to, you know, to come to, I guess, their conclusion that that's the right site. 
And then by the time you decide that that's the site you want, then you still have to um, assemble the land. So it, it does take time, but the gap there was, uh, I would say, between when we decided, the, the, uh, the committee decided the best location, and then DTI had to do their due diligence and uh, before they before they decided where they would like to put it, and once they made the decision, then we had to get the land organized. And like, unlike the, bur- the suburbs where you would just, you know, pick a piece of land that doesn't have anything on it uh-huh. and put a school on it. Just wards and just build a school. Exactly. You know, you can do that, but... Uh, you can't do that in the city. It doesn't work either. <laughs> um, they... They, uh... The city, along with the feds and the province, announced last week that Retail Drive is going to be realigned with Rossay Avenue and a weird intersection that always floods. Can you talk more about that realignment? So that uh, deal, if you've ever driven it, you know that you can come off Ashburn Lake Road there and then mm-hmm. come to a set of lights and you have to make a quick, you know, thing to the left. It's and a weird intersection. to the right through two sets of lights. So it is a confusing mm-hmm. uh, intersection it is a busy intersection and what we would like to do and what east point would like us to do is align those two roads for you know better access because they would also like to invest more in east point and have like to see more growth up there mm-hmm. so we've seen a lot of growth up there already once the costco goes somewhere you get a lot of growth around it so we've mm-hmm. seen that growth so now we need to uh, align that. So the, the whole project's going to be around $8 million, with the city putting in about $3 million and the uh, other two levels of government contributing the, the rest, pro- almost, almost on a split. of the. So when they do those, put that new road in, what they will do is uh, they will do all of the underground services as well with it. So they will do, replace all of the... Uh, you know, they'll do the water, the sewerage, they'll get that all organized. And all of that will, uh, they'll upgrade the uh, storm uh, stormwater and the sewer water infrastructure. And all that is to directly impact the risk of, of flooding. So in that area, that will all be fixed up. So that's, that is good news. I mean, it there's still work to do. It'll, you'll still have a train that crosses there. Yeah. But at least you will have that uh, that whole intersection will be simplified and it will have the proper infrastructure um you know to mitigate the flooding um you that's been on the books for a long time like we've been trying to get that organized because once you get that growth then it's another story of assembling land again Uh right because you know all the land is owned by someone so you have to you know, you have to work with your partners, and you have to work with, uh, you know, the people that own the land, and you have to, you know, you have to try to amalgamate that land so that you can uh, you can actually do that job. So, so that's another one that's been uh, been on the books for a while. You actually gave me some numbers recently that before the pandemic, 1.7 million people visited St. John and the surrounding areas, contributing or spending nearly 300 million dollars. Does the city have a plan to bring back 1.7 million million people a year? You betcha. So That's what, what I like to hear. So what we have done is we've, uh, in the recent past, almost two years ago, we have put together Envision St. John, which is an economic development agency along with tourism. So mm-hmm. we, the city of St. John is making a $1.7 million contribution to Envision St. John for economic development, and the city is putting in as well 
the hotel levy. And before the pandemic, that was up over a million dollars, and it's just creeping back up to there. Mm-hmm. So we're putting in uh, just about $3 million into that, and there is a drive on for tourism. They've just got uh, new branding for the region, which is uh, always moving forward. We will uh, rebrand and uh, amplify St. John's brand as well. Uh, going forward, looking to put maybe a little tourism, not a little, but some sort of a tourism hub maybe into the uptown area. Okay. We have a few things on our um, on our bucket list, and uh, we did uh, some work over at the Reversing Falls um, site uh, this summer, and we hope to, you know, going forward, that's one of the uh, one of our projects going forward that we would like to we would sort of like to put, uh, make an investment in that because we recognize the uh, geological and historical significance and that we need to leverage that. Uh, and that's a popular spot for especially mm-hmm. cruise ship people. You'll see the buses over there quite a bit. So, yes, tourism is big for us, and we absolutely are chasing it. And uh, I think Envision this uh, has done a pretty good job, actually, uh, with them being a new entity and just uh, heading that whole scene up of economic development and tourism. The, a, a big project happening uptown is something that I forgot about. It's the it's the theater company revamping the old courthouse on Sydney Street into a performing building. The design looks beautiful. Does the city have any interest in that building? Or, you, like, or what, what, we do. what does the city want to come from that building? Because it looks well, like it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> We want, we want that to happen. <laughs> and so we are supporting that uh, with money as well and uh, going forward. And that is a, really an amazing opportunity. Mm-hmm. The uh, courthouse, that building is significant. Uh, one of the huge things is on King Square, which actually is on its way to becoming the premier address of the city. So, uh, yes, uh, Melissa Wakefield of EXP, they, she did the design for that. They did the design, and it is a beautiful-looking structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting because the city of St. John had just relaxed their uh, heritage bylaws so that on the back or whatever you could apply for, you know, the different tiers of, of um development sort of thing so it doesn't have to match the front anymore and it doesn't have to be replicated so you'll see a very sort of a modern uh, back on that building which is which is wonderful it's a wonderful juxtaposition i love it um so it, i think that, that that fills a really a critical gap in our uh, cultural infrastructure and it's going to pro- provide us with a world-class performing center it'll have a residency program for you know any students who are studying um studying, I don't know what the degree would be called, you know, uh, for performing, mm-hmm. for performers, so they'll, it will have that residency program, and also strengthen our brand as an arts and culture hub of New Brunswick. So uh, we, uh, when Envision actually took a look at that for us, they do some of the due diligence, you know, to say, like we could say to them, this is a good product, you know, what do you think, is this a product worth investing or not? And according to them, they figure that it'll be about $6.5 million of annually of direct uh, expenditures into resp- the restaurant and hospitality business. So that's so that's pretty impressive too, but I think for me it's solidifying the um, the address of King Square 
and also because we have the we have the other project up there that the old Woolworths building that's been taken down, so that just needs to get on the road as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Irving building up there, so it'll uh, yes, it's a it's a wonderful asset up there, and you know it it fills that gap between the uh, BMO theater, which is small, mm-hmm. a small intimate theater, and then the Imperial theater. So somewhere in between those two, it'll be. Uh, It'll provide that that space. So that's a, it's a really exciting project for the city. Yes, to have both this new performing center and the Imperial Theater within a few like blocks of each other is will will probably transform uptown. Well, I hope it. I yeah, hope it to does. have that performing arts center there, absolutely. And you know, right now that those those two work, uh, those two entities, the St. John Theater Company and the Imperial Theater. They work together very well, and they share space and mm-hmm. do whatever they do have to do. So, you know, the Imperial Theater is all on board. It is not competition. They will all work together, and they, they you know, everybody wants that to happen. So it's a great project. Uh, the city is a, is a sponsor of it as well. And, uh, you know, I think they'll be ramping up some of the, uh, some of the fundraising for that structure. You'll see that ramp up over the next little bit. I saw, I'm pretty sure it's late last week, a rendering was released for the first building of the new uh, Fundy Key project. Okay. I, I think the, the, the rendering looks wonderful, and I think that the whole Fundy Key project will make, I say will make St. John's Harbor probably one of the premier harbors on the East Coast, because it's just such a, okay. nice, such a nice spot that it's going to be. It's going to be wonderful down there. Uh, at some point, I think in the 1920s, the city sold its port to the federal government. So the port has about 80% of the waterfront. Mm-hmm. So of the waterfront that we have left and that uh, that the public has access to, I mean, it's hard to do if you don't have money, but we have a little bit of money now. And, you know, we've got our financial policies, we're reducing our debt, but we're also making investments in the city, mm-hmm. and that is a big investment. So we are getting that whole fundy key area ready. Uh, it's all it's uh, pretty much ready now with the uh, the seawalls all done, and you know the uh, there's been it's all been brought up another I think it's like 2.5 meters, so that's almost ready to be turned over to the developer. We have ordered the uh, skating pad for whatever Loyalist Plaza down there will be called. And we've ordered the granite blocks so that you can uh, be able to walk right down into the water at Market Slip there. Mm-hmm. And we've ordered the uh, all the glass for the for the patios that will be outside. So the patios will be year-round with the uh, new infrastructure that they put up. So that's a that is pretty exciting. And the wa- I mean the waterfront. There's only two coasts in the country, and we are fortunate enough to be on one of them mm-hmm. and to have the waterfront right at our front door. So it's an amazing opportunity for St. John, and uh, we are definitely moving forward with that. Now, you mentioned the skating rink. That's something that I had forgot was happening. That I think it's really cool to have an outdoor skating rink right by the bay, like right there. Right, I know, and it will, right, be, it will right be really cool. Right in uptown, like... Market Square is right there. There's hotels right there. There's restaurants right there. And what you know, a, what it's going to be amazing. And, you know, when I was in Boston uh, at the Commons, they have a uh-huh. rink there, and they also have a little rental place, and they have, you know, the outdoor speakers, and it's lovely in the winter. 
So, uh, no, it's a great activity and another reason, you know, to come uptown. And it's nice to have something that, you know, for kids. I mean, a lot of times uptown, if you're coming up, you go to the restaurants mm-hmm. for shopping. But this will be more family-oriented with uh, the path through it, the uh, Harbor Passage, you know, along through the water there. And then you know, some of the activities that will be more family-oriented that kids can join in as well. So it's going to be a great green space, a great you know, gathering space. It's just going to be wonderful. Can't wait to see it. Those things are all ordered. We ordered them, like, I think in May of last year because of this logistics crisis so that we would have everything ready to go when when we were ready to go down there, when the construction was ready to go. Something that just came to my mind was I've seen, I'm not sure renderings, but talks of extending Harbor Passage further up the, the harbor. Can you, do you have anything to say about the extension of Harbor Passage? Because my yeah, mind's so blanking. Always, yes, there will always be. There's always usually a component of that um, in the budget. Not always, but the, there is a component of that in the budget as well of extending mm-hmm. Harbor Passage. Uh, and it will go along. Of course, it, it will be maintained along the waterfront, even with the funding key development. Mm-hmm. There will always be Harbor Passage along the waterfront there as well. So y- your access to the waterfront will always be there. That's that's what we need. Um, that's what we need. Well, let me let me find what I was talking. About. Oh, uh, earlier this year, the city passed a bylaw letting uh, ride sharing, so uh, something like Uber to be able to come into the city and ride share. Do you have anything to say about the ride sharing well, in think, St. John? You know, I think ride sharing is is is. Uh it's something that people are used to and something, if you travel, mm-hmm. it's something that people have come to expect. And I think we just, you know, thought that that's an opportunity. Is Uber going to come here? Probably not. Maybe Lyft. I don't even know if we're big enough for Lyft. But at the end of the day, uh, we have passed that ride cheering bylaw. So it does open the door for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, I think it's a good thing. I don't know if you've, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've tried to get a cab at 2 a.m. I don't want to, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to bash the cab industry or anything like that, but. I uh, heard that. Not so- that I'm trying to get a cab, but when, when I'm past <laughs> the stage with my kids, they're running out at 2 a.m. to pick them up. But, I, I've um, heard that cabs a that. are a little, they're hard to get sometimes, like an hour away to like 11 o'clock on a Friday. That's exactly. kind of unacceptable oh, in my eyes. Um. Yeah. So I think you know it's just a it's just really another step in the direction of other sort of major cities and uh, and just moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would see that as. The, I'm, I want to keep the talk into the the harbor area. I see the uh, the CEO of the port, uh, Craig Eastbox, released a end of the year thing where he said that the port has transported one hundred and forty thousand. TEUs. That's a new record for St. John by a lot. What the, is the city excited to see the port be so successful? Listen, it's wonderful to see the port so successful. Mm-hmm. And I think in my notes here, I said something about the port. Like, I think the port is up in the last five years. Oh, here we go. Port of St. John is now the fastest growing container port on the east coast of North America with an increase of 52% in the past five years. <laughs> That's impressive. That is impressive, and then you're going to have the Westside Modernization Project yes. going live in early 23. I see that he also said that the new the new cranes are going to be in St. John by the end of January of 23. Oh, by the end of January. Okay. So. Wow. 
That will transform the waterfront once again. To that will transform the waterfront once again. Now, um, I don't know if getting the cranes was just the, was the cranes or that the footprint for them could, because they're so much bigger and they'll need a much wider footprint mm-hmm. because they're going to reach farther out. So uh, they're going to be amazing to see. Um, the the uh, this the city's financial state is much better than it was say even five years ago what is the city doing to continue to lower your debt and to post a surplus and to have money in the bank well what we've done is between the last council and this council we've put in 10 financial best practice policies including uh, a long term put together a long term financial plan Mm -hmm. so it's pretty hard to do business for anybody i mean would you buy a house if you knew you had a job for 12 months and you weren't sure if you had a job 24 months i mean no you need a plan Uh and so um so we've put that together and i think it was like i said 2018 when our uh, net debt was at 330 million and Mm -hmm. today it's down to about 159 net debt so that is important. We will continue to work on that. You know, of uh, we have a lot of policies about, you know, how much money we can borrow at any given time, mm-hmm. uh, what we should be borrowing at any given time, you know, and et cetera, what we should be putting into capital, what we should be putting into reserves. We had no money in reserves not that long ago. And now you've got about $33 million in emergency reserves. And you should have some sort of a little bit of a bank account in case your roof needs to be repaired on mm-hmm. your house. So it's the same thing for the city. It gives us some flexibility and it gives us and it strengthens us to have, you know, your your savings account or whatever you want to call it, your reserves. It all gives you flexibility, all strengthens you, and uh, you can deal with issues as they come up unexpectedly. I mean, we do have an asset mapping that we are using, and that is to take a look at your assets and decide whether those assets require um, and should have some sort of an investment mm-hmm. or whether you need to divest yourself of the asset based on, uh, you know, its age and what work or whatever would be required. And so asset mapping is all part of that as well. So it's just being smarter about using your money. And uh, so that's where we've been. It hasn't been easy. Uh, I bet it hasn't. Because we had that structural, you know, we went wanted to do this uh, sustainable budget. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had to cut $10 million out of it to get us there and then start from sort of ground zero. And uh, we put all of our policies in, and then we cut the budget, and $6 million of that 10 was wages and benefits. So people noticed it. You know, you notice it when you're not getting your grass cut. You notice all those things. You, mm-hmm. know, you notice when it's a little bit slow, slower to get your snow removed. You notice those things in a community. You notice when there's not beautification in the summertime. So mm-hmm. it's those sorts of things that we're getting back to that now. We had an extra $12 million on this budget to spend at $177 million, $177.2 million versus $165 we had last year. I... Uh I've seen on social media, so people on social media, they love to complain about everything. Uh, the city has introduced like a new garbage collecting mm-hmm. service. I've seen a lot of people complain about it. What do you have to say about the people complaining about the new service? Well, 
Well, Logan, all I can really tell you is the whole, like, most cities have already moved to this model. Okay. And I, we were getting calls. It's not unusual for the city to get calls and say, I just moved here. Why are you not recycling? Why do, you know, why do I not have curbside pickup? Mm-hmm. So we knew we needed to move there. And when you tip uh, at the landfill for garbage, it's like, I don't know, say $120, $120 a ton. It's somewhere around that, I believe. Mm-hmm. If you tip compost, it's like 40 So there's a huge savings if you pull your compost out. Mm-hmm. If you do pull your compost out, and I do, compost is heavy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you end up with not a lot of garbage. I pull out, I've always been, I've always used the blue bin ever since they've been installed in St. John. So I'm pulling out my paper and my cardboard mm-hmm. and I'm pulling out my plastic. You know, I pull out my jars if they have, you know, if I have the lids and they're good, I make sure they're cleaned up. And I often drop those off at the food bank. So there's lots of things that you can keep, keep stuff out of your landfill. And we know that landfills leach and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. We know that landfills give off methane gas. That's a problem. So, you know, we know that landfills, you need to keep creating them. That's a problem. Uh, just to find the marine-grade clay, you know, to line them with, it, which is apparently what's required in New Brunswick right now, that's tricky. So, um, you know, you and we really should be cognizant at the end of the day of what we're buying and what we're doing with it when we're finished with it you know so i guess it's up to us as consumers to say we don't want that packaging you know or we want something Mm -hmm. different so that's where i am on that it's just it's something that we have to move there we have to go there we we feel the climate change we've got flooding we've never had flooding not like we've had since 2017 or 18 never had flooding like that so those are all signs and symptoms that the you know the uh that the planet needs a little bit of help, and I think that we it, we cannot ignore it. Cannot ignore it. Now, I am happy to see, like, for tires and paint and a lot of those things, when you buy those things right up front, you pay recycling or uh, cost. Mm-hmm. And so that goes right back to the manufacturer. Now, he, he passes that right on to the consumer, which is all fine. And then I can say, well, I don't want that, or I don't want this, or whatever. So hopefully we're moving to more of that. I know they're looking at... Uh, uh, paper and uh, other printed printed papers and packaging and that and putting um, a levy on the producer now I'll pay for it at the end of the day but then maybe I don't buy that product so we have uh, to go there that that's all the that's all the questions I have for you do you have anything to say about what's happening in St. John and the state of the city? It's the best time, Logan, to be in St. John. It's fantastic right now. Lots of things are happening. Uh-huh. It's all good. I've been running to announcements. We just had one for $12 million to raise the causeways flooding. Oh, yeah, I forgot uh, about no, that. And we had the retail drive one. We had the school announcement. I mean, there's been just so much happening mm-hmm. in the city, and uh, we're working with our partners, and so it's all been good. We've got great partners in the province and the great partners in the federal government that are supporting St. John. We've got, you know, uh, business partners here in the city that we're working with. So it's all good. It's all good. You know, and I will add just one little thing just for FYI for you for garbage. In Halifax, you have to use a clear garbage bag. Really? Mandatory. So right here, you can put your garbage out. You can put anything in it. 
as long as it, you, you only put out your two bags a week. But in Halifax, if they don't like what they see in your garbage, they put a sticker on it and they don't take it. Hmm. So you can't put your recyclables in garbage. You have to recycle them. The, they're, they're, so, uh, they're basically forcing you to recycle your garbage or your stuff. Huh. You have to recycle it. So I didn't in know Halifax, that. you can't put like newspaper in your garbage bag because your garbage bag is clear. I didn't you can't know put, that. you know, plastics and all that in your garbage. You can't. Here you have a dark garbage bag. You can put in whatever you want as yep. long as you don't fill it up. As long as you only have your, your number that you're allowed of bags, two bags, every two weeks. Yeah. So you can do that. But down there with a clear garbage bag, they don't take your bag if you're not recycling. You have to recycle. I, I, I did not know that. Huh. That's, that's an interesting fact I learned today. Yep. So, it, yeah. so, I mean, that's really where you want to be at the end of the day. Uh-huh. It's mandatory recycling. Um, you know, to save your landfills and save your planet. But uh, we're not there yet. It's one one small step at a time. So uh, we're just getting this started up. And, you know, it, 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 it's been tricky for some people because where I am, my garbage usually gets picked up on Tuesday. And mm-hmm. so, but, but I put my recycling out on Monday. So, it, you know, people have to read the instructions. And you have to know that mm-hmm. or else you miss it. So it's just getting into the swing of it. Once you're in the swing of it, it's all easy. Well, it sounds like St. John is in a in a very exciting place to be with a bunch of developments happening and new stuff and new jobs, new industry, new everything, really, to make St. John the city that we we both know it can be. Exactly. You know, I guess our concerns are like the talent pipeline. Will we have enough mm-hmm. people, you know, for all the jobs that are coming? As the port continues to grow, will the port be able to get, you know people to work like it just you know it's it, it, that talent uh pipeline um is one big thing and the logistics crisis is another thing for us mm-hmm. you know as we try to get uh, development can you develop you know do you can you get labor can you get uh supplies whatever so it is a tricky time but listen i think it's a personally i think it's a great time because because there is so much going on and mm-hmm. because there is a lot of change even i went to the newcomers uh, center yesterday that just opened up on prince william street and uh, they and they had uh, I think I think Mohammed Bagna said that they had something like 350 newcomers come to their Christmas party. Now that's pretty impressive in St. John. Mm-hmm. So we've had a big influx of immigration here, which has been great. You know, you've got uh, Fashionville up on Union Street. If you ever go into that store, everything in there is written in Chinese. Every oh, it's amazing. So you have to be able to like just sort of kind of know what you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the amazing selection up there of uh, of ingredients. Their dim sum is great up there. You know, so as you're, you see, well, you, you, there is a mosque, I think. There's at least one mosque. I've been to a mosque in St. John. So, uh, you know, you, you that that variety of is wonderful in life, you know. And so it's great for us to be, to see, to be seeing that, you know, to have immigrants coming to St. John and wanting to stay in St. John. So, it's, you know, it's really good. That's so it changes our, it, that strengthens us as well uh-huh. and makes us interesting. People want to move to St. John. That was a, that was a hard thing to believe even a decade ago. <laughs> I know that, Logan, but here's the story is we have to tell our story and we have to be positive about our story. A lot of people are negative. we have a lot of positive things going on. We have to make sure we tell that positive story. Because St. John really is fantastic. It really is fantastic. It's a great little city. 
Um, there's lots happening. It has a wonderful, friendly population here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to a lady that was here a couple of years ago, and she was with the uh, over over 50 games. And uh, she said, my friend and I, she said, we stopped, and she said, we pulled out a map, and she said to, to see where we were going in the uptown area. And she said, uh, oh, four or five people, she had said, stopped <laughs> to ask us if we needed help. And she said three of them wanted to take us home for supper. I said, that's a great job, my friend. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have a story about the 50-plus games. At the time, I was working at a fish shop down at St. George, one the mm-hmm. one the dad owns, and we had people come in who had fifty plus games, and they had never tried lobster, which I found shocking because you know it's mm-hmm. so available. And so we cooked up a lobster, we shucked it, and they ate it right there with us. They they, they were from still Alberta, probably, and they were so su- they were so surprised that we were just so friendly, just to exactly cut exactly. just to get the lobster ready for them and to sit there and right talk on. to them. Okay, okay, Mayor Reed, and that's that's all, all I've right, got Logan. today. You got my number. <laughs> I do. Thank you. All right. Have a nice Christmas. You too. Oh, I was talking to Brent McGovern. Brent, not Brent McGovern. Brent Harris, and he said he was talking to you as well. I guess so. That's y- good. Yeah, I was going to do one with Brent, and then stuff happened, and then I've just never. Yep. Life's been oh, busy. Good. All right. Okay. Take thank care. you. Bye. See you later.